Good morning, Heritage of Faith. Yes, this is me. (laughs) My voice got a little deeper. (laughs) And I know it's probably like this because there's a word that I have to speak to us as a church family this morning. So don't be moved by what you hear. I feel great. It's just the way my voice sounds. Last, um, last week at our anniversary service, thank you all for being here. I had a great time. And um, I heard Stuart's going to make strawberry cheesecake for the whole church. Just, just kidding, Stuart. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, but they, I gave you six things, and uh, not necessarily what I'm talking about. I, 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 I only covered five, but there was six, and we kind of point them out. And you'll get these in your inbox and things in the text message. But I want to remind you of these because these are the things that are, I believe will call us to progress and advance and see our highest expectation fulfilled. And, and I know our founding pastor will continue to deposit truths in us as we go into this new year. But uh, these six things were a deep commitment to God. Number two was a life of worship, prayer, and praise. Three was being devoted to the word of God. Number four, having a firm reliance on the word of God and the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry, having, having a reliance on the Holy Spirit. Number five, they had a strong devotion to one another. And this was with love, unity, and generosity. Number six, a compelling desire to see the lost come to Christ. And I took these things from things that I saw in the book of Acts and things that I've learned from Dr. Savell about having a passion for God. And so these things that you'll continue to hear impart to us because this also needs to be some vision down on the inside of us to say, how am I going to succeed and fulfill the calling upon my life? And how am I going to progress and advance in my life, my family, my business, my ministry? And these are things that you'll, you'll hear us talk about. And but about this morning, I've been studying off and on all week and got to Friday and, and I kind of finished kind of just seeking the Lord and, and preparing. So, you know, I was up here most of the day and I wake up Saturday morning and I just had this phrase kept rolling over in my heart and it was like nonstop. It was nonstop, just rolling over in my heart, just this one phrase and the phrase was, be conformed to the image of the son. Be conformed to the image of the son. And it was just nonstop. I, I mean, I was still asleep and I'm hearing this as I'm asleep. And I, and I wake up and, and I keep hearing this and, and I go to my notes so, and just continuing to pray over this morning. I go to my notes and it was all of a sudden I was like, no, I'm not supposed to preach this. And so I just got alone with God again and just sought the Lord. And, and, and what what I, he wanted to deposit because this really comes out of what Dr. So shared with us a couple weeks ago. Wasn't that amazing word that he gave us? Amen. About 2024 will be a year of progressing, advancing, and seeing her highest expectation fulfilled. Wasn't that a, isn't that a great word? I mean, in the world that we're living in today, looking at the media, looking in the political atmosphere, looking at uh, um, the, the media, the, the nations, what's happening and, and tension between all sorts of things. And, and we all know that we are in the last days, right? We, we know we're in the last days. That, there's no question about it. 
And so, so what we have to understand is we can't be swayed by the things that are happening around us. Because before Dr. Savell gave us the word, he said he gave us a warning. See, we can celebrate the word, but do we, are we going to pay attention to the warning? And this is key as, as I begin this today, because you, we have to hear this because what he told us, the warning that the Holy Spirit gave him, and he built a, a foundation on this. And you can go back and listen to it a couple Sundays ago, but he said this, that we have to stay in faith. We have to stay focused and not be distracted. That might not have been the exact words, but he said that we have to stay in faith, say stay in faith. Say, stay focused and not be distracted. The enemy wants to keep us distracted. The enemy wants to keep you distracted. He wants you to lose faith. He wants you to let go of your focus. You see, Adam and Eve were set up in the garden to succeed, right? Soon as God had made Adam, made him in his image, he said he gave them dominion and he gave them seed and he declared over them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. That sounds like God wanted to see progress through Adam. He wanted to see Adam and Eve advance his kingdom in the earth. That's what be fruitful and multiply and replenish it. This, is, this, this was something that they were mandated to do. But they lost focus. They didn't stay in faith. And they got distracted. They got distracted by another voice. They got distracted by, by the deception of the enemy. And I, I was standing over there during worship and, and I just started to cry and uh, three different times during worship and something just came on me. And, and even before I came out and, you know, probably the usher in the back there, I, I just couldn't come out yet. And I was just holding the doorknob and, and just, just, I started to weep and I just heard the statement. He goes, Justin, what you're going to share this morning will be the most strategic message you've ever shared since you started pastoring. So what I communicate today, I, 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 I'm, gonna, I'm just going to allow the Holy Spirit just to release a pastoral anointing in this place because, because I'm telling you, this is the most strategic message I've ever ministered. Probably one of the most important messages. I, I always listen, I listen to Mac Hammond a lot and pastor in uh, Minnesota. And he, when he always starts a new series, he's always like, this is the most important series I've ever preached. He speaks like 14 weeks on that and he starts, this is the most important series I've ever spoken. And, and I agree with that because I believe whatever the, you're speaking on a Sunday morning as a leader, as a pastor, because that's the most important thing they need to hear at that moment in time. But there was something that was a weightiness when the Lord spoke this to me because, because you need to know whether you are one or whether you're a hundred, you have a call on your life. 
Now hear me and look at me. Look at me. This is vitally important to know you matter to the kingdom of God. And I'm saying this with all, all love I can say it in. We, you, have to stop playing games with the call upon your life. You have to stay in faith. How do you stay in faith? It's staying hooked up with God. You, we have to stay focused on his kingdom. That is the most important thing. And I'm telling you, the enemy will try to use your emotions, your insecurities, your fears, your failures, your mistakes. He'll try to use other people. He'll try to use offense. He'll try to use unforgiveness. He'll try to use so many things to get you distracted from the most important thing. And that is staying in faith for your purpose. You see, because this whole understanding of staying in faith and staying focused, Adam and Eve were drawn away by another voice. You have to stop playing games with the voices and the suggestions that the enemy is speaking to you. The call on your life is weighty. Jesus is coming back soon. One of the things that uh, Dr. Savell said, you go to Hebrews chapter 12, and this is one of the things that I'm going to get into the, the scriptures. He, I just want you to hear the weightiness in my heart this morning, but also I want to be, I want to say everything in love and understand that this is, it was almost like the weightiness of some of the things I was seeing. It was almost, I, I was weeping because the father said, they need to get a hold of this. If not, it will, they'll, they'll come up, they'll, they won't fulfill what I've called them to do. Right. Hebrews 12, one says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily, New King James, I like this, ensnares us. The weight and the sin that ensnares us. When we talk about sin, oftentimes we think of a action of whether it's Drinking, smoking, lying, adultery, and all those things. But in Romans, or one of the, in the New Testament, I'm just drawing a blank where it is. Some of you Bible scholars can help me. But it says this. It says, he who knows what to do, but doesn't do it, to him it is sin. Wow. To him... Who knows what to do and doesn't do it to him, it is sin. And here he's saying, lay aside every weight in the sin that ensnares you. The enemy wants you distracted. Adam and Eve got ensnared because they didn't recognize who they really were. They didn't recognize their identity. They didn't recognize their image. And because they didn't recognize their image, they, they chose to listen to another voice. They should have stayed faith and focus and hanging out at the tree of life. They could have eaten at any tree in the garden, but God said, just don't eat at this one. 
You see, because the biggest thing with them was where they were worshiping. They were worshiping at the wrong tree. And if we don't, we don't watch ourselves, we'll be worshiping at the wrong tree, worshiping pornography, worshiping drugs, worshiping uh, money, worshiping position, worshiping title, worshiping all sorts of things, worshiping on just all the good things we do. It, it, but the whole point is, is the thing is, is we need to be hanging out with the creator of the universe, hanging out with him and getting to know him. The things that you've been battling with and the, and the things you, what it is, is the enemy trying to take you away from your destiny. You're like, oh, well, I still got time or, you know, I'm still young or I still have that and, you know, this or that and they did this and they do that and all right, I just can't get a hold of this. No, no, the bottom line is, is we have to bring ourselves under this, this, this weightiness of how important the call on your life is. And here he says, lay aside every weight and sin that so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. Thank you, Father. Go to First Peter. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, help me minister your word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter five. Say this, Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. Am I ready? Am I ready? Say this, God wants to use me. Am I ready? In this chapter, it starts off talking about shepherds and talks about how the shepherd, the pastor, he, he uses the word elders. And he says, elders, that you should shepherd the church. And he, and he uses this, and he pretty much says, in following the good shepherd. So the elder is to follow the good shepherd, right? And it says that they do that. And then verse 5 says, likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to the elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another. And be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. You see, the shepherd, the elder, is to follow the good shepherd. Then it says, and he goes, shepherd the flock. And then it says, now you younger, you ought to submit to the elders. Then you ought to submit to one another. And so when I saw that, I recognized, I was like, wait a minute. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. It says that I should be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. You see, I recognize, I saw this. I've seen the scripture before, but there was a weightiness about how I'm looking at my life. And like, have I really seen the weightiness and my responsibility of following the good shepherd? 
but seeing the weightiness that you are to follow the elders. It's not you're not following me as a person, but you're following me as I follow the good shepherd. And it's this attitude of submission and this life of submission. And then it says this, verse, uh, verse six says, therefore humble yourselves <coughs> under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Tell you, the enemy wants to devour the call in your life. The enemy wants to destroy you. He's out to take you out. Yes, amen. And that happens when we're not following what we should be following. He's going about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. May. I don't give him permission to devour me. I like what Keith Moore says, I'm a may not. <laughs> he may devour someone, but he may not devour me. Say that. He may not devour me. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, Jesus is coming soon. He may not devour me. I declare over you, he may not devour you. It says, resist him steadfast in the faith. Resist him steadfast in the faith. You're going to have to resist him. You're going to have to resist, meaning, meaning, meaning you're going to have to put, put, your, put a stake in the ground and say, you know what, I'm making a quality decision that I'm not going back from this day forward because my life matters and my life counts. Yes, Go to 2 Peter, 2 Peter. I'm not here trying to promote a fear this morning, but an urgency, an urgency. Second Peter chapter three, verse one, it says, beloved, I now write to you this second epistle and both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder. So he talked to the, he's spoken to this about this before that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, say last days, days. walking according to their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? You see, even in Peter's day, they were saying, you've been talking about Jesus returning for years. They were saying that in Peter's day. 2,000 years later, we're still saying Jesus is coming back. I believe it. I believe it. Do you believe it? Because where is the promise of his coming? Now listen, it says, for since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forgot 
that by, now they forgot this, by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. That's talking about creation. By which the world that then existed perished being flooded with water. So it talked about creation. Then it's talking about Noah. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, meaning God spoke then at creation. He spoke in Noah and he also spoke again and said that there wouldn't, he wouldn't flood the earth again, right? Hallelujah. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Meaning, meaning the thing is, is people have been living the way they've begun and nothing changed when God spoke at the beginning. They were living for themselves up until the flood. And all this time he said, hey, I gave a promise that I wasn't going to destroy the earth, but I want you to know there's fire coming on the earth. Amen. And it's not the Holy Ghost fire. He says, but beloved, he's entreating them. He goes, do not forget this one thing. That with the Lord, one day is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. I mean, they were saying, you're still saying that, that he's coming soon? You're still saying, and he says, hey, remember this one thing. It may, it may have looked in our time as a, as, as a long time, but hey, for God, it's just one day. It's only been two days since Jesus rose from the dead in God's time. That's good. Hallelujah. The Lord is not slack. Now listen, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Amen. You keep saying, oh, well, I'll get another shot. I'll get another try. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. No, he said, God's, God's not slack concerning his promises. I mean, if God said it, it's going to happen. God loves you. He already, he, he already poured his wrath out on Jesus. And we're in a dispensation of grace right now. And, and let's keep reading here. It says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises as some count slackness. Now listen, but is long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Meaning, meaning God is long suffering. Are you grateful for his long suffering? He doesn't want anyone to perish, meaning, meaning there's this time frame, that, this promise that he made, and he's not slacking that promise, but hey, hey, he's like, he, he's, like he's long-suffering. Why? Because he wants you saved, but there's going to come a time, hallelujah, that is not God's judgment on us or, or judgment on humanity. He did that through Jesus. The, the really, it is, it's walking in the fruit of, of rejecting Jesus. He's like, oh, well, God's going to send people to hell. No, he's not. God's not going to send anyone to hell except Satan. We're in a strategic time. A strategic time. We, 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 have to, we have to stop allowing the enemy to keep going from success to defeat, success to defeat, success to defeat. We got to stop the cycle and press on and go forward in, in what God's called us to do. 
And it doesn't matter, like I said, your age. Start now. Today's the day of salvation. Verse 10 says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, now listen to this. Therefore, so because of all that, therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be dissolved being on fire and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. So what are you saying? Since all this is coming, since Jesus is coming soon, Peter throws this out. He goes, what kind of life should we be living? Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness looking for? While we're waiting for Jesus to return, how should we live our lives? Man, that's weighty. That's weighty. I know this might not sound like a feel-good, run-around-the-room message, but, but if we truly understand what's being said here, we would run around the room. Thank you, Father. What kind of person ought we be in character, in our behavior, in our conduct, and how we live? This isn't to beat you up this morning, by no means. But it's to, it's to coach us to come up to another level. Because I'm telling you, when, we, when, we, when you stop allowing the enemy when the things that he used to pull you away with no longer work, you are unbeatable. When the things that made you mad in your flesh before and they also don't make you mad anymore, you're unbeatable. If no one can offend you, you will be unstoppable. If, if no sexual desire or, or drug or temptation has a hold on you, you and I are unstoppable. You know, we, a lot of times, you know, I've seen through the years, it's just, we, we don't like to talk about sin. We, we like to call it issues. We've got issues. I, my, my thing is, yeah, Jesus loves you. He's forgiven you. The thing is, is he just wants you to go forward. Just trust him. Just trust him. Hey, I, I, the Lord told, told me this years ago. He goes, Justin, if you can beat one more time, you can defeat any addiction. If you can beat the, the mentality of, well, one more time, 
You'll, you'll beat any addiction. You'll beat any problem that you have in your life of you saying just, well, just one more time, one more time, one more time. Now is the day of salvation. Now. Faith is now. Faith is now. Faith is now. Don't put off. Don't put off your calling for tomorrow. I'm telling you, your life is important. Your, 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 your ministry matters. Your calling matters. I mean, our world, our loved ones, our family, they need some people that they can follow. And you can say, follow me like I'm following Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, and, and, and let's pick people up. Let's, let's pick people up. Yeah, they fall. Let's pick them up. Let's pick them up and say, hey, let's, let's go forward. Let's go forward. We can do this. 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 Your, your, mistake, your, your mistake doesn't mean you're a failure. It's just the fact you haven't renewed your mind yet. Your flesh is still controlling you and your mind isn't re- renewed. Your spirit hasn't become stronger than your flesh. You see, when, when your spirit becomes stronger than your flesh, your flesh can't take you places you really don't want to go. Because if you're honest, I mean, every time I went back into something that I knew I was redeemed from, I didn't want to do it. You, you hate it. You're, you're disgusted with yourself. And then the enemy plays on that. And you feel like a failure and a shame. And I'm a disappointment and all these things. Hey, hey, let your spirit man rise up and say, I'm the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I am a child of God. I am his. And I'm going forward. And I'm not going back. But another thing you have to do is, is you have to, these weren't in any notes, but the thing you have to do is you have to set yourself for, for failure. Set yourself up for failure. You, you set yourself up so you don't fail. What do you mean by that? Well, if you get tempted doing this, then don't do that. If you stay up late until two in the morning watching TV or, or surfing the internet, and you're like, I always go to those things I don't need to go to. Why? You should have stopped at 10 o'clock. I mean, the thing is, is, is we want to succeed, but you've got to put the parameters in your life to succeed. One of the things, I, I talked to the men about this, but one of the things I endeavor to do is for Annette and I, and this is, you don't have to, because people have different schedules, work schedules and things like that. But for me, 98% of the time, her and I go to the bed at the same time. Why? It just, it, just, it just sets up, she knows where I am, I know where she is. And, and the thing is not that she doesn't trust me, she trusts me with everything. But the point is, is, is you set up the parameters in your life to not go back. Ask the Holy Spirit, what, what are the things that are keeping you from your purpose? Then ask the Holy Spirit, what are the things that I can do to not go back? Because my calling's important. My purpose is important. If it, that's what I keep hearing is you matter and your calling matters. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. You're a winner. You have a great... Don't feel defeated because you gave in. But at the same time, heed 
the warning. We just lift our hands. Oh, Father, I thank you for healing. I thank you for the restoring. Thank you, Lord, that they recognize how amazing they are. They'd recognize the calling upon their life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, that they wouldn't be led around and be enslaved to the things that the enemy has ensnared them with. But I thank you that they will become slaves of righteousness. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to encourage you to go, go read Romans chapter six. Read Romans chapter six. Not right now, but it's an assignment. Read Romans chapter six. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As Romans set up chapter six, it tells us that Jesus was raised again by the glory of God. And it should, so, so therefore, we should walk and behave in this newness of life. See, that, that's, that's the goal, that I'm walking in this newness of life. That's why God wants you to, to just put those things aside because he said, hey, there, there's a new, newness there. That's, those things are always going to leave you ashamed and disappointed. You're never going to feel good about yourself. Go to Romans 8. Thank you, Father. That we should walk in this newness of life. Hmm. Romans chapter 8. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at verse 5. This whole chapter is... Yeah, you can read Romans chapter 8 one day... Also, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. If you live according to the flesh, if you set your mind on the things of the flesh, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. Meaning, meaning it's your flesh is constantly telling you what to do. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. So if I'm setting myself, my mind on the spirit, I'm setting my mind on God, then I'll do the things of the spirit. If I'm constantly setting my mind on the flesh, then I'm going to do the flesh. 
So you may say, why do I keep doing this? It's what you're setting your mind on. So we have to make a shift. Because then it says this, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. For to be carnally flesh minded is death, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So the thing is, is God wants us to walk in life and peace. He wants us to be fully acquainted with life and peace. How many people you could say, you know what the peace of God feels like? Being in the presence of God, there was just this peace that there was just, man, I'm at peace. But yet when you're doing in the flesh, it's like in the carnal mind, it's death. Meaning if I'm going to constantly give in to my flesh, it's, it's, it's not going to be good. I'm not going to have life and peace. Amen. So it's really a no brainer, right? If I keep doing this, this is going to be the result. If I do this, this is going to be the result. Door number one. And this one, you know about what's behind each one. Door number one, I'm going to constantly be led by my flesh. Door number two, I'm going to do things out of the spirit. Which one do you want? You see, because the only thing on the other side of that door is destruction in your life. It'll ruin relationships, marriages. Oh, well, Justin, you, you know, the grace of God. I get it. But at the same time, you have to understand the wages of sin is death. It will want a payday. You're like, oh, well, I sinned and, you know, nothing really happened. Something happened. Now, you may not have died physically, but maybe, maybe God's voice got a little quieter. Maybe, maybe you, you start seeing yourselves less than you really are. Something died. You're, you know, you, you feel, you know, you have a call on your life and you have, you're called and God's called you to a certain thing. And yet because of that, all of a sudden now is destroying your purpose, which also will destroy your confidence. Something is affected when we give in to our flesh. Be spiritually minded as life and peace. I'm about you, but I like life and peace. You know, when it's come to some things, when it comes to God and following God, not that I've, trust me, I've made quite a few mistakes in my life, following my flesh. I'm not going to tell you my list, so I don't need to hear your list. But the life and peace far outweighs the other. Yes. Amen. Yes. Thank you, This is what I'm about to say. It's, you know, just hearing God or doing this or doing that. I heard it said like this. I'd rather play catch up than clean up. Many, I'd rather, I'd rather, okay, God, I, I want that. My flesh wants that. This is what I want to do. This is what I do. But wait a minute. 
I have to reject that because, because I'm telling you, I've had to clean up too much. I had a cleanup from a mistake that I made in my life that delayed two years of the calling on my life. I had everyone telling me, don't do, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, and I did it. You know what Jesse DePlanta says? Sin will make you go farther than you want to go, stay longer you want to stay, and pay more than you want to pay. I did that and bought the T-shirt. Back in 1996, a number of years before I moved here. You know what? God's amazing. He, he can redeem the time. He can redeem the time. Oh, he's faithful. He gets you right back onto plan A, you know? But the thing is, is you have to keep going forward. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So much in this chapter. For the sake of time, let's, let's go to verse 12. It says, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh. I mean, you owe your flesh nothing. Therefore, brethren, we are not debtors to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For you live according to the flesh, you will die. Is that any clearer? But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they're the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Now let's go to verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknow, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. You see, the issue about your flesh and your spirit, just like the, the Satan tempting Adam and Eve in the garden, was to short-circuit their image. Did God really say, if you eat this, that you will die? He said, well, no, she said, we can't even touch it. Well, God never said they couldn't touch it. God just said they couldn't eat it. He said, God just doesn't want you to eat it because then you'll be like him. They were already like him. But the distraction was in their flesh. And what happened? It destroyed them. You're like, oh, well, they still lived like 900 years, Pastor Justin. You don't, you don't understand it. When they were created, Psalms tells us that they were clothed with glory and honor. They were clothed with what makes God, God. And it said, after they fell, they looked at each other and, and they saw themselves and they were naked. And next thing you know, they had to sow fig leaves. Why? Because, because they didn't have a correct identity and they lost the image. Now they had to cover up for all their insecurities. 
And a lot of times in our lives, a lot of the addictions and the things that we have going on in our lives is because, because the enemy challenges us with our insecurities. Insecurities meaning, meaning I've, I'm not quite enough. But they were already like God. And all through this chapter, it's talking about being led by the Spirit. Or you be led by the Spirit, you be led by your flesh. And he says, who God foreknew. He destined them and predestined them, what? To be conformed to the image of his Son. The whole point of why we have to override our flesh and not give in to our flesh and allow our spirit to become stronger than anything is because the calling on our lives is to be conformed to the image of the Son. I'm telling you, we are destined and you're destined to be conformed to the image of his son. When you made Jesus the Lord of your life, the intention was not for you to go through life with this band-aid of salvation, but to go through your life knowing that you're saved, but realizing you are like Jesus. Being conformed to the image of the son. Some of the things I read about this, this was, it wasn't just the outward, but it was more about the inward aspects of the son. That you would be conformed, conformed, molded, shaped, fashioned. Yet each one of us have a distinct call and a, di- a, and a di- distinct purpose. But more than anything on that potter's wheel that Jeremiah talks about, More than anything else, yes, you have a call. Yes, you have a destiny. Yes, there's people you're going to reach. But all of a sudden, really, what you need to understand is what God is shaping on that potter's wheel is you being in the very image of Jesus. It's you and I being conformed to the image of the Son. And I think some of you are just kind of like just went tilt because you're like, can I really be like Jesus That's what you're destined to be. You were predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So the moment that Adam and Eve fell in the garden and they lost the image that they had, yeah, they were made physically, they still looked like God. But they lost the glory. And yet now God says, I got to get my image back. Man has to get their image back. I've got to send Jesus. Yes, he came as a man. Yes, he, 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 he was beaten. He was bruised. He was spit on. He, he, he took stripes upon his back. He, he, uh, he stuck his arms out and was crucified and nailed to a tree. He was taken off and buried. And then he was took into the lower parts of the earth and he rose again. And he, and he took the blood and put it on the mercy seat for you and I. And we can celebrate salvation And we can have faith for that salvation. But can you have faith that you are now conformed to the image of his son? That you can, I know it's maybe a cliche, WWJD. What would Jesus do? But when you hear this and you understand this, I am conformed to the image of of the son. Can you say that? I am conformed to the image of the son. Hallelujah. 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 It says, for whom he foreknew, 
he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Hallelujah. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. Whom he justified, these he also glorified. Becky, can you put that in the New Living Translation? Starting in verse 28, I think it is. In the New Living. Hallelujah. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. Wow. So what Adam and Eve lost, being conformed to the image of the son, was about glory. Go to Galatians 4. Are you with me? Stay focused. Stay in faith. Don't get distracted in my message. Hallelujah. Thank you for your attention. Giving me liberty. I have to be obedient. I don't want to be moved by the clock. So I've got to get this out. So just give heed. We're going to take communion here in a little bit. But this is important. Galatians 4. Thank you, Father. Verse 8 says, But then indeed, when you did not know God, you serve those which by nature are not God's. Man, there was a lot of things that I served before I made Jesus the Lord of my life. How about you? But now after you've known God, have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? Raise your hand. So now that you've known God, or rather are known by God, he knows you too. How is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? Meaning if you know God, it's like, why are you going back to the very things that brought bondage to you? And he calls them like that. He says, the weak and beggarly elements. You know, the weak and beggarly elements. How I like to translate that is the beggarly elements is you may get something, but it will never be enough. If someone's begging and they're holding out a cup, you know, it seems more and more through the years we see, we see people at the stoplights, you know, in different places. And, and, they're, and, they're, and you, give, you give them a token, right? You, here's a water. Here's a sandwich. Here's a quarter. Here's nothing. You know, but beggarly elements is you get something, but it's not enough. That's what, that's what your sin is. It gives you a little something, but you always have to keep begging. You keep going back to the weak and beggarly elements. Now listen, to which you desire again to be in bondage? 
And he was talking about the law. He goes, you observe days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid for you, lest I've labored for you in vain. Let's go to verse, uh, thank you, Father. Second time, let's do 17. They zealously court you, but for no good. Yes, they want to exclude you that you may be zealous for them. But it is good to be zealous. Now, it's it's good to be zealous in a good thing always. And not only when I'm present with you. (laughs) Here's another thing. Because it's a good thing that you're zealous when we're all together in church. (laughs) It's great that you're shouting Jesus when we're all together praising the Lord. It's always great when the pastor came over and you're all friendly with each other as husband and wives. But it is good to be zealous in a good thing always, always, always. And not only when I'm present with you. I mean, Paul is saying, this has to be real to you, not just because the, 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 the prophet's there or the apostle's there, meaning this is who you really are, meaning your passion for God is not an exterior show that you're doing, but it is the reality of who you are. You are all in with God. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming soon, and we can't play games any longer because your purpose matters. He goes, my little children. Now listen to this. For my little children. Little children mean they're not infants, but they're still growing. Aren't we all growing still? I am. My little children, for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. What is Paul saying? Paul's saying, my prayer for you, I'm travailing, meaning, meaning this is the deep part of his intercessory prayer life. He goes, I'm travailing for you. I'm tra- travail means to cry out. Try, travail means there's this emotional state that Paul's in because he is so desperate, not just that, that someone would be saved, but they would know who they are. I travail and birth. He was talking to children. He was talking to the church of Galatia. And he said, my little children, I travail in, with birth pains. What was he praying? That Christ would be formed in you. So you would awaken, that you wouldn't go back to the weak and beggarly elements and, and go back to the things that you were in bondage with and that you would get over these things about the arguments of the law and you would stop doing all those things and that until Christ would be formed in you. Until Christ would be in you through and through. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You're so faithful. You're so faithful. Hallelujah. Go to 1 John. was two other places, but I, I'll just talk about them in a minute. First John chapter three. This Christ being formed in us. How do we this, how does this forming take place? 
You can make, if you're taking notes, you can write down 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says, and we, beholding is in a glass, the glory of the Lord are being transformed from one degree of glory to another degree of glory, even by the spirit of the Lord. So how do, how do I get this thing where, where Christ is formed in me? I'm continuing to look at Jesus. You can also mark Colossians chapter three, verses one through 10. And it says, set your affection on things above where Christ sits and not on the earth for your life is hid with Christ in God. Man, he goes on and go, go back and read it. He goes on and say, put off the old man. And then he says, what? Put on the new man, put on the new man, what? That is transformed in the image of Christ. So I've got to put off. You got to put off. I've got to put off and we got to put on. See, you, you may put off because you don't like doing those things, but if you don't put on, you'll continue to do the things you put off. It's not just putting off this, well, I don't want to do that. Well, yeah, you may not want to do that, but if you don't put on the right thing, you'll go back and put on what you took off. I like to say it this way. You got to take out the trash. Take out those and, and put on the new man. Hallelujah. Now let's look at first John. Hallelujah. Hmm. Hallelujah. Say, I'm receiving. Hallelujah. First John chapter three, verse one says, behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it didn't know him. Wow. That means there should be something different about us. He says, beloved, now we are the children of God. Children of God. If you're a children of God, then you're an offspring of God. If you have a child, the child is like the father. In the same image, in the likeness. They have, Bryn has, we have the same DNA. Why? Because he's my son, I'm his father. And so he's, now here he is saying, he's saying, um, now we are the children of God. Hallelujah. Now we are the children of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says, therefore the world does not know, know us because it didn't know him. Be loved, now are we the children of God. We are like his image. And it is not, now listen, it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. Now listen, this, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Wow. Hallelujah. I want you to see this, that we are children of God. We are in the image of God. And everyone who has this hope, what is a hope? It's an expectation. Everyone has this hope. What's this hope? That Christ is being formed in me. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Pure. 
purifies himself. It's not Jesus purifying you, it's you purifying yourself. Meaning when I'm, when I'm focusing on him, when I'm focusing on him, I'll be able to make the necessary adjustments that cause me to walk like him by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse four, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested to take away sins and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. So if you are sinning, then that lets us know where we're abiding. Pretty simple, right? You're tired of sin. You're tired of failure. You're tired of going back to the things. It's just abide in him. It's not try to make your mind that you're going to have this mental power that you're going to do it different next time. No, it's like, I'm going to abide in him. I'm going to set my affection on things above. Hallelujah. And he was manifested, take away sin. And in him, there's no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Let's go to verse seven. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. Wow. Now listen, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. This is why Jesus was manifested, to destroy the works of the devil. So in this, what I want us to see as I close this out is that we have to understand how valuable our calling and purpose is because Jesus is coming soon. The calling on our life is to be conformed to the image of his son. We're to abide in him, and as we abide in him, we'll be like him. And when we realize he's in us, we'll take up the same calling that Jesus had. Jesus was manifested. Now listen to this, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now if I am conformed to the image of the son, then that means Justin is now manifested to destroy the works of the devil. You see, when we understand and have a revelation that I am God inside minded and I have an understanding that I'm conformed to the image of the son, then now Jesus has now sent me. Jesus says, as my father sent me, so I send you. So if Jesus was sent to destroy the works of the enemy and if Christ is formed in me, then that means as I walk in this earth, I am now to destroy the works of the enemy. That's why the enemy does not want you to overcome the setbacks in your life. Because when you overcome the setbacks in your life, the thing is, is the enemy can't defeat you. Why? Because now you are conformed to the image of his son. And now you are one that destroys the works of the devil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand up on your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
You have a call in your life. Jesus is coming back soon. And it's time to stop playing games. It's time to stop playing games. At this time, if the ushers, if you can start handing out the communion elements. Did you receive, do you receive this word today? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Just say, I'm conformed to the image of the Son. Hallelujah. Can you just praise him for that? Praise him for that. Oh, hallelujah. I'm conformed to the image of his Son. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Mm. Hallelujah. Just right now, while the elements are being passed out, bow your head. Close your eyes. Not that there's necessarily anything spiritual about your eyes being closed. It's a matter for you to get alone with God. Your calling is crying out. Your purpose is crying out. Jesus. First Peter, as we started it, said, submit yourselves unto God, casting every care upon him. I know a lot of times we look at care and and we should as an anxious thought. Disappointments and things that are facing financially and all those things are good. Or right, I should say, not good. But also, I know, I know from first hand the torment. Know the torment of giving in. I know the torment of not being bold. So it is a care. And those things that you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Just all of just hold your hands like a cup.
And just in your mind, your heart, those things that you battle. First thing, you have to stop making excuses for those things. Take responsibility. Yeah, part of your life could have been shaped by one thing or another, but but take responsibility and say, Lord, I'm tired of this. And just place each one of those things in your hand. This is a sacred time right now. we take these things that have beset us we take these things and we give them to you just lift them up just lift them up because it says cast every care upon him because he cares for you Now let's take communion over those things. The communion table. The communion table. the body and the blood of Jesus gave us access to be his and I've talked through communion a lot of different ways and I see it throughout scripture and we could talk about it and minister it in certain different ways but as I saw this morning that the communion table is a place of remembrance so we can see and recognize 
whose image we are. At the communion table, and as you take communion, you now become a reflection of his person. I saw greater as... Yes, it's the forgiveness of my sins. Yes, it's the stripes on his back for my healing. Yes, it is, is the torment, the, the chastisement that went upon him. It was, it was all of those things, but also it was, the, it was that exchange, that cup that he lifted up, the body that was broken. What was broken at all sudden now be mended. What was out of joint could now be placed in, placed in, in joint. What had now been separated could now be brought together. What was unrighteous could now be righteous according to 1 Peter chapter four, 3. So as we take communion and we've given our care, we've given the, the, our failures, we've given the resentments, we've given the, 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 the habits and we've given them to Jesus. They're not yours anymore. Did you cast those upon him right now? Did you cast those upon him? Did you give them to him wholly and completely? To say, I, I don't want to go back anymore. It's at the communion table. Mm, Father, I thank you for sending Jesus. I thank you that he became man and came down to earth. He put on a man suit, fully God and fully man. Without sin, he was tempted in all points, but yet without sin. So yes, he defeated Satan on Satan's territory. Hallelujah. And when Jesus died for us and his body was broken for us and he took on man's fallen image. Wow. He took on all humanity's fallen image, broken image, naked and ashamed and guilty and full of fear. Jesus took on all of that at the cross. And he's, his body was broken by taking on man's image so we could then take on heaven's image. Jesus took on man's image so then man could take on again God's image that we could be conformed to the image of the Son. So that when God now looks at us through the blood of Jesus, He sees Jesus. So we thank you for the body that was broken for us. And we receive the revelation this morning. Hallelujah. That we are conform to the image of the Son and we take of the body in Jesus' name.
And Father, we thank you for the blood. Because without the blood, we could not have access. Ephesians 2 tells us that we have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. I thank you for forgiving us of all our sin. Thank you for redemption that has taken place. Thank you that because of the blood of Jesus and the body of Jesus, we are God's. And I thank you because of that. We are in Christ's image. And because of that, I thank you that we are here in the earth to destroy the works of the devil. So as we take communion and we take the blood, we're declaring that we are the image bearers of God. And we will leave here today and we will go about the rest of our life bringing many people into the kingdom. We'll bring darkness, people from darkness into light. We will set people free from, from every, every sickness and every disease and every ailment. That we will preach the gospel in season and out of season. That we will be a voice in the earth in these last days. And we are the sons and daughters of God that are being revealed in these last days because we have been conformed to the image of his son because of the body and the blood of Jesus. And we lift the cup and now we take it and we celebrate it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, praise you, Father. Mm. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. Everyone with your head bowed. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you want to know that you are forgiven, you desire to know that you have this surety on the inside of you that if you were to leave here today and you would die, that you know you would spend eternity in heaven. If you don't have an assurity that you know that you know that you know that you know, on the count of three, just slip up your hand real quick. One, two, three, slip up your hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Now, when we dismiss today, I didn't see any hands, but when we dismiss today and you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, if you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, you need prayer of agreement for, any, for anything, we have our Thrive Group leaders. If you can come up, Joseph, Pastor Phil, Alex and Azanel, Richard and Carol, you can come up at the end and they'll pray with you. But as we, right before we dismiss, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Just wanna close out with this. Ephesians 1, verse three says, blessed be God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Now, let me say this. The word blessed, that first part, blessed be God, that means praise be God. You see, praise be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
who has empowered to prosper us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, right before we dismiss, I want you to praise God because he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You can do better than that. You can do better than that. Hallelujah. Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are there any announcements we need to remind anyone out? This is good. Woo. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, you, you are conformed to the image of a Christ. You're not going back. You're going forward and you'll fulfill your destiny. In Jesus' name, leave here today and go give him Jesus and destroy the works of the enemy. Hallelujah. Love you all. God bless.